You're listening to What She Said, a podcast for bloggers and creatives hosted by me, Lucy Sharif, a freelance journalist living in London. Each week, I interview different women in blogging and the online world, getting their best blogging tips and advice, and a little bit of gossip too. Thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of What She Said. Um, it's been a little while since I've sat in front of my microphone and recorded a pre-roll or recorded anything. Um, and this one feels kind of special because um, in today's episode, the wonderful Sam Sparrow um, of Travel Blog As The Sparrow Flies interviewed me. So when we recorded her episode, which was episode 10... Um, we sat down and had a whole day of recording podcasts and eating custard tarts and just generally having a nice time. Um, and it was such a fun episode to record um, because it was just a chat between the two of us, but also it's pretty scary. I put myself out there every week interviewing other people, but I don't put myself out there speaking. I, I you know, I, I don't do those episodes where it's just me talking that would really scare me massive props to everybody else out there any podcaster out there that does that because it's scary (laughs) anyway um we talked about me and my blogging journey and um just had a bit of a giggle um you won't hear Anais she wasn't there her father was looking after her that day (laughs) and keeping her out of trouble um, but you will hear lots of ums and ahs and me being very awkward indeed. And the amazing Sam Sparrow, who is a consummate professional um, and an epic podcaster, keeping it all together for us. Before we get into that episode, uh, I just wanted to say a humongous thank you to all of you. I'm, I finished recording um, my last podcast episode a few weeks back um, and I'm yet to edit them all. Um, but that will be soon and then I'm going to take a break because I am a little bit tired and quite ready for a break Um, and I really want to keep this podcast going and be fresh and excited and back with loads more amazing guests in the year but until that happens a huge thank you to you all because everyone's been so amazing so supportive and wonderful Um, and I have a little favour to ask please. (laughs) If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe. Um, And more importantly, I would absolutely adore it if you could rate the podcast and review it. Um, Every time people review the podcast, it helps um, get us seen a little bit more for other people. Um, So it just helps get the podcast out there for other creatives to listen to and I would really love that to happen. Um, So, yes, please rate and review. Except if you're going to rate and review badly, in which case, just tweet me. Just tweet me. Tell me you hate it, and that's cool. (laughs) Thank you so, so much. I love you all. Um, Keep using the hashtag WhatSheSaidPodcast. And tweet at me and DM me and all the things that you do already. You're amazing. So, okay mush over. (laughs) Let's get into the podcast. 
So I have the very privileged position of being the person that Lucy, the usual host of the What She Said podcast, um, asked me to interview her for her podcast. Yeah. And so here I am on your podcast, Lucy. <laughs> in my house. I'm in your house. That's it now. I'm, I've brought a suitcase. I've moved in. I've moved in. Moved in. Uh, I'm your new nanny to Anais now. <laughs> You're already my podcast producer. Well, so I, I try. It's I, the logical next step. That's a lot of pressure now because this podcast has to be really, really good. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, but Lucy asked me to come along and interview her for the podcast because she's a massive big head. Mm-hmm. But also, because um, Lucy's got lots and lots to offer in the online space, the blogging space, and obviously lots of opinions to say. And although Lucy says them all the time when she's interviewing her guests, <laughs> we thought that that wasn't quite enough. And so wanted to give an opportunity to put Lucy in the spotlight. Thanks. Welcome to your podcast. Thank you so much. I'm That's so pleased to be here. Amazing. It's oh, amazing it was... to be invited on. I just <laughs> can't well, it. there was a list and you were kind of <laughs> at the bottom. In the bottom <laughs> and then we had to do it. So, so for those people that are either new to the podcast or new to Lucy, welcome. So, yeah, well, welcome to the podcast. Where have you been? Uh, listen to this one and then go back and listen to the back. Yeah, 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 definitely. But also, can you um, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, things that they might not already know about you? Yes, I would love to. So my name's Lucy. From the intro, you'll hear me prattling on about, I think I say I'm Lucy, a freelance journalist living in London. That is essentially me. So I am a blogger and... I started out in travel blogging, um, and then life kind of changed massively when I got married and had babies. One baby. <laughs> I was going to say, oh my God, is there something I don't know? Yeah. <laughs> I the want there one? to be more immediately, so I'm just trying to live the dream in my head. Um, so when I had a baby, I started writing about my pregnancy, and now I'm writing about motherhood and stuff like that. But um, So yeah, I'm kind of, I guess, a lifestyle blogger um, of sorts. But along the way in travel blogging, I um, I need to start that again. I haven't done this very well. Sorry. Um, so I started a travel blog when I went travelling. And when was that? So How that was that. How old were you? I was old. So the first time I went travelling, you were old. <laughs> I was old. <laughs> but for a gap year. So the first time I went travelling, I was like. I went travelling solo when I was about 25, not okay. old at all. And then, this but, but also quite different to kind of the usual either yeah. 18 or 21 post-school, post-uni kind of yeah. gap year backpacking. Yeah, exactly. I already was a flash packer, I guess. And then I didn't stop blogging until I went travelling for the second time. And by that point, I'd met my boyfriend, now husband. Um, we both quit our jobs. We met at work. We were working for Disney. Um, so that's something you probably don't know about me. No. I used to I, work for Disney. I sort of did, because I know that Sophie works yes. for Disney, and I, I think I picked up on a conversation somewhere. And obviously Disney are quite local yeah. as a head office to where we are now. Yeah, down the road. where you're living. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I didn't realise you'd met Ollie there. I did, yeah. So we both oh, you, The pair of you are far too cynical to both work for Disney. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Surprisingly, the Disney head office um, is... Although it's uh, super magical and sometimes Mickey comes in dressed up and all the rest of it. <laughs> oh my God, Honestly, stop. it's brilliant. It's, it's just the best place to work. But everyone is also pre- like massively down to earth and loves a drink. So 
and also loves to sleep with each other. So there's a oh, lot wow. of... Yeah, it's great. It's just a brilliant place to work. So we both um, met there, and then Ollie got made redundant. Um, I'd already left Disney by this point, and I was working for House of Fraser in the head office in Premium Beauty. Um, so that's why I'm so obsessed with beauty, and I have way too many products. Other things way, I way, didn't way know too. about you. Yeah. This, so when I asked you for skincare advice, uh-huh. you were the right person to come to. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we he got made redundant, so we were like, oh, you know what, sod it, let's go traveling. So I left my job, and um, yeah, off we went. And I'd always loved writing tried blogging a little bit but I'd always been so painfully shy that I always did things under a pseudonym and I remember starting a blog on Blogger in I don't know 2008 maybe and um, that's when I had my Blogger blog oh it was 2007 2008 and it was about knitting oh yeah but you you had some really cool names I didn't understand any (laughs) of it I remember not understanding that the name of my blog and the URL were related. Like, as in, <laughs> I was so confused when I was setting it up and filling out the forms and stuff like that. Everything, nothing made sense. And I found it again. I deleted it all, actually. It was terrible. I mean, it was good from the point of view of the writing. It wasn't, the writing wasn't terrible. But it was just like a space to kind of rant. I think about Hindus at the time. Oh my God, that's... It was, it was basically like a diary. That's what it was. Is that still available anywhere or is it really no. deleted? It's really oh, deleted. That's so sad because that, that is something that I'd want to read right now. Oh, like, maybe like the burn book from Mean Girls. It would be absolutely exactly. amazing. Yeah. In so, fact, that would make a good podcast. It would make a great yeah. podcast. <laughs> there was only two blogs though, so... Uh, well, it wouldn't take long yeah. to read. That's but, true. You know. <laughs> so do you think then... It was travel that gave you that you felt like you had something that you could blog about to get you over that kind of initial mm. shyness on the internet. And or, or what was it that then made you go, no, okay, I'm going to do this? I think it was a combination of the fact that I had something interesting to write about that I felt wasn't so personal that I... Because back in those days, Ollie and I blogged together and we oh. had... a blog that was basically just the two of us it wasn't for any other reason apart from to you know the same way most people do let our family know that we're still alive that kind of thing document our days and um yeah so I think it was a combination of us both being part of it that gave me the confidence and also that it yeah that it wasn't personal and was that was that under what is now Wanderlust? no no is that still on the internet? No, because it's all been migrated. It's all been migrated. So yeah. what was it called? So it was called 195 Days of Summer. Oh my God, I love God. that. Because you were away for 195 days? We were supposed to be away for 195 days. There's a story here. But we, <laughs> yes, yeah, so we were supposed to be away for 195 days, which is almost six months. Um, but we actually stayed away for about three years. <laughs> we did come back. For, we not, came back doesn't for quite have the same ring to it. Not the same ring to it, yeah. Um, we just decided that long-term travel was for us. And because I loved blogging, I fell in love with blogging, I fell in love with the online world, um, I made contacts, and I don't even know how it all happened. And I started freelancing while I was away, mostly doing things like social media management, which, okay. FYI, I'm terrible at. Um, <laughs> don't anyone ever hire me as a social media manager. 
so that yeah so that sort of stuff so then and also (laughs) after about two days maybe of having this blog me and ollie i realized that i was a lot more into it than he was yeah okay (laughs) a lot more into it so i was basically doing everything and i also which i didn't mind but i started to really resent the fact that there was another voice there Um, so did you kick him off I staged a hostile takeover and got rid of him, yeah. <laughs> and, like, migrated it, new yeah. domain. Yeah, 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 Did he know any of this was happening until it... Change of password, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just... mean, that's how all good marriages work, I've heard. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what happened. And is that how... So that, you know, that's, you know, how... Quite a lot of people I know that have started blogging and then have become kind of more into it have mm-hmm. had not not quite the same story um, <laughs> as you, but have had similar kind of, there's been a reason, there's been a hook, a yeah. thing, and then it's just migrated them into the online world. And I guess I've got kind of two questions. And the first is, like, you mentioned being shy and, and you've written before about being introverted mm. and things like that. Do you, do you feel, um, because I, I feel like this, um, that the online world gives you that kind of passport um, behind, you know, behind a computer mm. um, to the world to communicate in a way that perhaps you don't feel quite as comfortable to do face to face. Yeah, definitely. And that's and that's what I think draws you into that online world and yeah. making those connections and making those friends. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. Really, I'm naturally introverted, but it's but I'm one of those people that fr- school friends or whatever would say, "Oh, she's not introverted. Same. She's yeah, exactly." Mm she's loud and she's chatty and all the rest of it but I find yeah that I think when we met like you immediately yeah. go into the deeper meaningful I would yeah. know about your marriage and yeah. stuff like that before I know about what type of ice cream you like or yeah whatever. exactly and I think online relationships so like we stalked each other through Instagram mm. for a while and I think you know for me like a lot of people say that about me as well and I think you can be a confident introvert yeah, so totally. I hate small talk mm-hmm. I hate large groups of people I'm comfortable with people that I know and the internet allows me to really get to know someone yeah um, and feel comfortable with them before meeting them face to face yeah and I think that's been really good and then when so I guess that's part of the reason I guess why you blogged more Mm -hmm. and did more and got really into it and I think the online world has allowed so many people to build careers feeling comfortable that way but when did it get serious for you at what point Mm -hmm. did you go yeah okay this is something that I want to pursue and Mm -hmm. see where it takes me pretty quickly um pretty quickly so it's definitely before I came home oh before we came so we came back for a wedding where I was a bridesmaid um so we had that 195 days where we knew we actually were coming back but quite soon into our travels we were like we're gonna book a open-ended ticket back like back out again um so really quite soon I would say a couple of months I think when people started commenting on the blog and um I started interacting with people on social media and it was more about the writing though than anything I just thought I don't need to work for the next six months I can just write and that's amazing and then I started seeing that other people were doing that for a living um Beverly and I talked about this the other day because I interviewed her for the podcast and the first travel blogger that she kind of connected with or read basically was the same one that I did and that was Adventurous Kate yeah and when I saw the same one that I think we all have read first she's like the number one yeah 
tra- female solo female travel blogger. Um, yeah, so when I saw that she was doing it, and she she was pretty like she would talk about how she makes money travel blogging, how this is her profession and stuff like that. I was like, shit, I can do this as a full time job. Yeah, I mean the reality that those guys portray is a lot different from the actual reality of what it's like to do it and yeah. now being on the other side and having made a living from from travel blogging I know that I, I would call bullshit on a lot of, on some of what they say but yeah and I also think there are those that have been around since forever that's it and, yeah and, and the world yeah. is is different now mm-hmm. um and they've been able to mold and make their fortune before a lot has changed and I definitely want to ask you a little bit more about kind of how you've seen the changes but before we get into that like how did you so you were running this uh, you were traveling you were out Mm -hmm. there for three years loving (laughs) life um being a social media manager for various different brands and people and running your blog and then obviously the moment comes where you have to come home or you decided to come home Mm. whatever that was how did blogging and the blog and where you took that in terms of your career change for you at that point so by the time we decided to come home so ollie had asked me to marry him oh. yeah what a love um, he is a love i met him for the first time this morning <laughs> he is total love he bought us custard tarts he's the dream he's he a is total the dream. dream behind um, every good blogger oh my is gosh, a yeah. dreamy person yeah a dreamy husband paying the mortgage yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and providing the custard tarts um yeah so we he had proposed to me and at that point we knew that we wanted to stay away for as long as possible but we were actually living and working in thailand um on a tiny little island called Koh Tao, which was awesome but we were after about six months we were really ready to come home um and yeah so we already knew we had a wedding to come home to so we were like you know what actually let's just go home ollie will do a proper job (laughs) and i will carry on freelancing because by that point i'd already started writing for various different publications i had already got my first byline for lonely planet and uh, lonely planet traveler i should say um so already at that point, I kind of had transitioned out of being a full-time travel blogger to being able to do social media management um, and kind of writing and doing a bit of copywriting. I don't know, it's that bullshit, the hustle, you know, yeah. that's what I was doing. So I knew that I would be able to do that when I came back. Um, but then my career changed in that... <laughs> The money that you earn when you're living on a tiny island in Yeah, Koh it goes Tao. a lot further, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So West I... London is perhaps slightly hey. more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a tiny bit. Um, so, yeah, it was, that was pretty tough, actually. We were quite broke when we first came back for the wedding. Um, but then Ollie got a job, and, and I started writing for bigger publications. And then fairly soon... Oh, I started working for... Um, Yes, that's when I started working for Traverse, actually, pretty much when I came back, Um, which was awesome. I had a really, it it was just the best, actually. I had the best time working with Paul and Michael. Had loads and loads of fun, met loads of people, learned a lot, um, and then started taking my writing more seriously and got a staff writer role at The Express. 
that's when my career completely changed really yeah and so you are now um so we're all apparently slashies now that's the word that I've heard and it really hurts my soul I don't like the name no it's really bad but we think of gash I don't feel good about (laughs) oh oh wow (laughs) it's your podcast babe so you you just pop that one out there (laughs) um but yeah so slashies are like you're something slash something slash something so obviously you started out in travel blogging Mm -hmm. and then you kind of as you say did the hustle and were kind of doing lots of different internet online type jobs and then you started getting bylines writing and doing more freelance journalism would you now describe yourself as a blogger slash journalist or would you describe yourself now as a journalist and that's what you do I think I would describe myself as a journalist with um, with a blog on the side with a blog on the side yeah um it's not to say that that wouldn't change in the future I suppose I could keep it really simple and just say I'm a writer yeah um, actually, when people ask me what I do, I'll often just say I'm a writer. And normally then they'll ask, who do you write for? Like, lots of people. Yeah, and lots of people make the assumption, when you say that you're a writer, that you write for another publication that's not your own. That's so true, yeah. actually, you kind of let them go with their yeah. assumption. Wouldn't it be funny, like, in 20 years' time, if you said you're a writer, people just assumed you had your own website? Yeah. What a weird place that, would that be? I know. Because that kind of is... The kids have the got all that, that to look now. forward to. I know. In the yeah, future, right? Oh, all those, We've done all, all the hard kids. work, yeah. the awkwardness of explaining what our job is. <laughs> and, now, and now you get to play in the space. So how, so obviously, um, you know, you've done blogging and now you, you've made that transition to being a freelance journalist. You were on staff at the Express, mm-hmm. but now you write freelance for a range of different publications. Yeah, lots of different people anyone I always say anyone who'll pay me because I have actually <laughs> so the way it kind of works is that I obviously pitch the stories to editors yeah and and it'll be a story that I want to write and typically it it has over the past year I guess has been focused around uh, either travel or pregnancy motherhood and health um so when I was on staff at the express I was writing travel and lifestyle um but now I don't actually write as much travel for other people. I just don't because I'm not traveling as much. Yeah. Um, and I write a lot about pregnancy and motherhood and because that's lifestyle, I guess. And that's what's in your life yeah. right now. And I think, yeah. you know, a lot of people will write. And I think this is why sometimes uh, lots of people describe that you should have a niche. Mm. And I know that <laughs> you're relatively vocal about the whole niche scenario. So we can talk about that. Um, but I think, you know, that can be really hard. And I think particularly of women of our age, mm. that can be quite hard because I think, you know, when you get into your late 20s, early 30s, um, your life change can change quite a lot yeah. over a period of years. It's not just one big change. Yeah. But your life changes, your lifestyle changes, and therefore writing about the same thing throughout is, is really, really difficult. Yeah. Um, because actually the best writers write from there experience so if your experience is oh my god I have a human being growing inside (laughs) of me naturally that's what you're going to write about and how did you find that transition I guess as a journalist that's relatively straightforward because you just pitch those articles but I know that you have written travel content on Wanderloose Mm -hmm. but you've also written quite a lot of pregnancy and motherhood content and how did that transition how did you find that transition I found it quite 
natural because already I'd started writing. So I kind of gone through, I guess, when we came back. For, no, actually, you know what? It was when we were living in Kotal. I already was like, you know what? I'm not travelling anymore. I'm just, I'm just living here. Living in basically the Costa del Sol of Thailand. There was nothing authentically <laughs> Thai about it apart from that it was in Thailand. <laughs> it's true though. Like I loved Kotal. I absolutely loved Kotal. But um, the people that live there, um, there's a lot of English people. They who... need to do a Benidorm version of Kotal. Oh the TV my program. god, it would be so good. There was there was a bakery. <laughs> you should write that script. Oh, if only, if only. Yeah, there was so much funny stuff that happened on Kotal. It's a like great place to live. But because I already wasn't travelling. And I started to be interested in other things. I started writing a bit more about, I suppose, kind of personal essays about things like depression, anxiety, and things that I was going through. And I was having quite a tough time, as I recall, when I lived there, um, from a mental health point of view. So actually, when I started writing about pregnancy and motherhood, it didn't feel so unnatural, because I think I'd already lost the audience that I had previously. I think my stats were just horrendous. Um, just before we moved to Kotal, they just dive-bombed because I'd basically stopped writing about travel in Southeast Asia, backpacking in Southeast yeah. Asia, and started writing about other stuff. And then, yeah, I gained a whole new audience. Um, so, yeah, that's a long-winded way of, of saying, yeah, it was yeah. fine, actually. It was fine, yeah. Yeah, it's fine, thanks. <laughs> Um, but that's so interesting in terms of growing your audience because, I mean, a lot of people will be listening to this podcast both to find out more about kind of the bloggers that they mm-hmm. love reading and um, people's lives online. Yeah. But also to kind of talk about those tips and those sort of tricks and understanding. Yeah. And I guess, how do you... So one of the things that I... So I write about travel and I'm a fairly new travel blogger. But I'm also, I'm interested in about 20 million things. And I've started writing about stuff that isn't travel. And the thing that keeps going around in my mind is, oh, God, but, you know, like, what's going to happen? Is anyone going to read this? Or is anyone not going to read that? Or are all those people that are reading the travel content just going to go, uh, no, sorry? Mm-hmm. And how do, you, how do you feel about your audience and that kind of broad lifestyle? Like, there's a lot of bloggers mm-hmm. that blog in the kind of very broad lifestyle yeah kind of niche and and kind of what what are your thoughts around that and kind of bringing that audience on board with you i think a niche is such a divisive term because i think people just misunderstand what a niche is for me monica explained it really really well so plug to episode three of what she said she <laughs> talks about it there but um i really think that you are your niche nobody else mm-hmm. can write about you and your experiences they just can't so in my head I always think I'm my niche I don't have to worry about being constrained obviously if all you're interested in for three years and the community that you built up is something crazy specific like Portuguese custard tarts and then suddenly one day you're like I actually hate them I'm lactose intolerant (laughs) that would be sad for so many reasons it'd be so upsetting um, but that might be an issue that you need to address. But most people have lots of interests and yeah, outside of the one topic that they're writing about. So even when you're only writing about travel, um, you write about it from your perspective. You write about it in your voice. So your audience yeah. are going to probably come along with you, whatever you write about. Yeah. 
And the yeah. ones that drop off, it doesn't matter. Like, you have to be comfortable. Because they're not there for you exactly. anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think people get really caught up in the numbers, mm. actually. Yes, and I know it's really hard. It, it, it's very easy to sit there and go, oh, yeah, you shouldn't look at the numbers. Because, actually, you kind of need to. If you want to make a living mm-hmm. out of this kind of stuff, the numbers are important for a lot of different reasons. But it's about having that balance and, and feeling, I guess, authentically true to yourself. Yeah, and you're right, it's really easy to get caught up in the numbers. And the thing that I always say to people when, new, like new bloggers really, when they'll say, oh, what numbers, what metrics should I be looking at, etc., etc. And I kind of think, don't look at anything until until you're kind of in the swing of things. Until you've found your voice, yeah, really. Yeah, totally. And then as soon as as soon as you have and as soon as you know why you're looking at the numbers, yeah. it's not about what metrics should you be looking at. It's more about what do you want to gain from the metrics. So if you if you already know I want to make a living out of this, I want to make a full time living and I wanna do it via XYZ, affiliate marketing or yeah. or a lot of people would just know that they want a press trip. Um or whatever, I want to earn six figures by the end of the year, then, okay, you have a goal, you can pick the numbers yeah. that you look at based on that. I really just think, yeah, just don't look at them for as long as you can bear not to, I think. Yeah, I I, I agree, actually, and I think that they can send you to quite dark places yeah, sometimes. Definitely. And actually, it takes the joy out of why you're doing it in the first place and a lot of people want to have online careers because it gives them the flexibility Mm. of doing all of the other things they love as well and bringing joy into their life for you know there's lots of jobs that you can do that perhaps don't bring you joy yeah that you know and there's a reason you're doing this and so you have to maintain that balance between wanting to write and do the joy so what don't so you know you've got things relatively sorted now and you're a new <laughs> mum to yes. the most beautiful little girl <laughs> in the entire world she is spellbinding if um lucy gets out any blog posts it's a miracle because i could just sit here and <laughs> look at her all day um but you know you're at the moment kind of finding your balance as a new mum yeah. and kind of thinking that through but what i guess it would be really good to kind of understand because you've come through this mix of traditional job blogging mm-hmm. and now being a, a writer, whether that's a journalist or otherwise, what is it that you know you really love about what that brings you? And is there anything that you really hate about it? Because I think a lot of people listening, f- for them, what you're doing now is their dream. Yeah. And I don't think there's a lot of honesty about that sometimes it can be a bit now. Yeah, the shit parts <laughs> of it. I love the flexibility. I love the fact that I have essentially a lifestyle business in that I work to create the lifestyle that I want I didn't do this to make a lot of money as a writer you really don't make no. a lot of money <laughs> um even when you get good bylines for national newspapers and you know it's still tough to make ends meet sometimes but yeah so that's the side that I love about it for sure the flexibility the creativity all of that good stuff what I hate about it is I hate social media Okay. I hate social media. I hate posting. I hate the amount of 
Okay, this is kind of a half-truth because I love Instagram, but I kind of don't feel like that social media in the same way, even though it obviously is. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like Twitter as well because that's quite fun and I need it for work as well. Um, I hate Facebook. And why do you hate Facebook? I go through phases with Facebook. But I think, you know, for a, quite a long time I've hated it for a lot of reasons. Mm. Mainly because um, if friends want me to know something important about them, text me. Don't expect me to see it yeah, right. with Facebook's algorithm. Yeah. And then get upset that I didn't text you about your news. Like, that's, like, the worst. Yeah. I hate finding out things about my close friends mm. via Facebook. Yeah, it's really icky, it, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's a generational thing. Yeah, you're Because right. I think for the kind of Gen Zers like they won't feel that way because it's just completely natural it's like my mum doesn't want to hear about important things via text whereas I'm fine with it so it's a generational thing but yeah I'm with you on Facebook I just I'm not very good this is why I wasn't a good social media manager because I just I'm not down with I I just don't love it the same way that like Beverly who who does social media management she she loves social media she lives and breathes it that's who you should be hiring, not the person that joined Facebook in like 2016. Um, no, you didn't join Facebook in 2015. Did you? Just for the blog. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. I was on it f- in 2006 for That's about why a when year. you go back, you can't really find any like heinous pictures of you, which is really upsetting. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Really upsetting. When I first became Facebook friends with you, I was like, right. <laughs> let's get a cup of tea and do a stalk and there is like nothing <laughs> now it's it really all makes boring. sense so I was on it at the very beginning for or actually the very beginning we were talking about which yeah. was after uni we'd already yeah. started 2007 job, so. I think yeah yeah something like that so it already like felt a bit different um, because you couldn't be friends with your work friends back in those days yeah that's true you were only really friends with people that you'd actually met yeah. in real life um, and there, so Actually, going back, the main reason why I hate social media is I hate the algorithm. I hate thinking about the algorithm. Yeah. I hate having to put in so much effort. I feel like for Facebook as well, I get, I do get quite a lot of traffic from Facebook, but I, but I would a million percent rather put my efforts into SEO than trying to outsmart an algorithm that wants me to pay money. Yeah. But you've talked about how you love Instagram. Mm. So let's talk about Instagram and algorithms and paying money. Oh, God, yeah. Um, because I have a love-hate relationship with Instagram. You do, don't Which you? is basically 99% of the time I hate it. <laughs> and then 1% of the time I like it, and that's the 1% that I'm on Instagram stories. Yeah. And that's, like, pretty much the only thing I like about that's Instagram. That's your sweet spot. I love, I love Insta stories. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, but... I, I hate Instagram because I hate having to overthink each picture and caption and hashtag and oh, it just tires me out. Yeah. Um, and I do see results when I make a real effort, but for me, it's a total effort. But you've described Instagram as being your, your place. Yeah, it's where I found my tribe. For yeah. Sure. And so, how do you, how do you feel? Because obviously, Facebook now own Instagram mm-hmm. and some of those same frustrating algorithm changes Mm. and pay-to-play stuff like how does that sit with you i mean i just think it's gonna happen it's gonna happen and i try not to worry about it too much i feel like the instagram community is so ardent in their love for instagram yeah that's very true actually that 
even with all the algorithm changes and the fact that <laughs> so there was a change recently where it, we all got really excited and thought it was chronological but actually it isn't technically chronological but so your feed is chronological but in an algorithmed way like that in itself is just it's madness like i mean who cares who yeah. actually gives a shit um i don't know i just i love it i love it so much i i find that my world has become so small through instagram there are people that i talk yeah. to every single day yeah but there's i don't know a handful of people that i've met in real life and become friends with you're one of them yeah all from Instagram. Aggressively stalking my yeah. stories. That, but that was like my friendship play. Like I love it. Aggressively, aggressively responding to people's stories. I, I think I it's a really bold move. Yeah, I'm just like, I do the I'm same. over 30 now. Yeah, exactly. Aggressive friending is like the best thing ever. I'm really into it. I'm yeah. really into it. I do exactly the same. I think it's the only way that introverts can get by in the world. Yeah. It's like being aggressive on their terms. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Hi, be my friend. Just turn it to airplane though. Yeah. <laughs> don't want to see people now. <laughs> yeah, so true. Problem is, because I work from home so much. Yeah. Like, and I don't get dressed. Oh God, don't even. Like, so I have like <laughs> your a, morning routine. My, yeah. Like, well, I, there's nothing I can, there's nothing I can film when I'm not, not at home. So yeah. like my Instagram stories are sporadic. Yeah. Um, only when I'm interesting, but I do like watching other people's stories. And I do think for me, that's revolutionized that platform Yeah, because it's become, so I think one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is about authenticity mm -hmm. because I think one of the things that really frustrates me about Instagram and I think about social media and blogging, like the thing that I think has really changed in the blogging world over the past, you know, however many years that we've been dabbling, mm. um, is that kind of that authentic, real, you know, like back when we all had blogger blogs <laughs> and we had pictures that were the size of a thumbnail oh and God. like that was normal and that was okay. And I'm not saying that where we are now is worse. Uh, it is infinitely better and better to read and I can't imagine us ever going back to that place. But there is something about the, the kind of perfection of, of, of the online space now mm which for me was never really what blogging was all about. Yeah. Um, and Instagram, you know, some people's photos, editing, etc., has become, a for me personally, a bit of a terrifying space sometimes, yeah. uh, particularly in travel, but I think fashion, beauty, the whole shebang. What, how, how has it changed for you, kind of the blogging world, with regards to that realism and authenticity? Everything's just got a lot more slick. Yeah. And who was that? You know that post? I shared it on Twitter. I can't remember her name, but um, we'll find it in the, yeah, in the we'll show notes. Yeah, we'll link it in the show notes. But she wrote about being... She's a new blogger in 2017. Oh, so it was um, so far... Her, her name's so far, so good. So far, so good. But her name's Sophie. Name. Yeah. Amazing pun. Loved it. So good. Yeah, I read that. I actually read that yesterday. I saw that you posted it. It was such a good it's post. It's so good. She started her, her... She started blogging around the same time as I started my new blog. Ah, interesting. Yeah. So, she, yeah, so she's talking about what it's actually like being a new blogger in 2017 and um she had some really good insights and but one of the things that she said it's so much thicker you come to the table needing an olympus pen and yeah. a professional backdrop and all the rest of it which i don't necessarily think i mean she didn't say this but um i don't necessarily think i think you could there is probably still a bit of an innocence around it but um but yeah, like it's just so much thicker, so much thicker. Well, Sophie wrote a post this week, and I don't know. I know you've interviewed Sophie, so the I don't blogging know if, myths. Yeah, the blogging yes. myths, yeah, and, yeah. and she talked, talked about, about it, yeah, yeah, and she talked about the whole kind of you know some of her best posts are 
where she'd taken photos on her iPhone. Mm, yeah. And that's so interesting to me because I recently wrote a post about Cuba and I've wanted to write a post about Cuba for ages, um, but I haven't written about Cuba because um, I, back then I wasn't a travel blogger and I took my shitty point and shoot and it wasn't even like a good point and shoot. Yeah. It was like a really shitty point and shoot so all of my pictures from cuba i'm going to use your word because it's the only word for it are total gash <laughs> like they are honest like i look at my pictures of havana and die a bit inside oh. like personally also i look at pictures where i've like framed the shot and gone real like what were you taking a picture of what even is this like, so <laughs> i, I have that so much. to write about cuba because my photographer and not as if i'm going to go back to cuba anytime soon because like money but who cares about that i see i'm the same as like a lot of my posts especially nowadays none of my travel photography to be fair is pictures taken on my iphone but almost all of my posts it's a picture taken with my iphone well i've taken quite i don't don't give a shit well quite a lot of my quite a lot of my pictures are iphone pictures when andrew gets upset when Mm. i get my big camera out yeah so i just snap on my iphone and i think some of it's about my eye for pictures changing yeah i know what i want to write about yeah i mean the cuba one is just also my new york pictures from like 2011 honestly so sad it's horrible when you look back at and i just go oh my god i'm not going to be going to new york again anytime soon so we won't write about that but i wrote a post about cuba um but not like a, gu- a guide post. It was like five reasons why you should go. And I've got like the five photos in that post are basically the only five photos. Yeah, that but I've got just, five photos. But I've got five photos, so we're all oh, good. Bad, yeah. So, you know, out of that trip, one post, we're all happy. <laughs> but I, you know, but actually then I have that whole conversation with myself and I'm editing those photos in Lightroom and I'm taking 25 photos of salmon egg on toast <laughs> from a brunch place in Amsterdam for my blog. And then I go get home and I go really <laughs> that's not you know is and, what is and, it that's not real life or? yeah it's not real life and is it and and you do get but into that this is what I think about authenticity and actually for the benefit of authenticity we were having a conversation about this weren't we before yes we started recording because as we speak um, Amelia Liana has had this whole fury about her photoshopping her Instagram, photoshopping her Instagram. and I kind of think I mean, there's arguments for both, isn't there? But we all edit our pictures. I style a lot. I mean, you know, my Instagram is quite yeah. styled. So, I mean, I don't, I don't live like that. Yeah, you don't I mean, like, always have a bowl deep. of cherries just there. I know. I was really sad when I walked into your house today. And there wasn't just like a lone bowl of cherries on a white desk. I was like, oh, hashtag authentic. I know, seriously. Why hasn't the Daily Mail picked up on this? It's ridiculous. (laughs) But I kind of feel like if we want to be really authentic, do you want to see me first thing in the morning with no makeup, looking absolutely disgusting, boobs leaking because I'm breastfeeding? Um, Do do you know what I mean? It's just, it's nonsense. I think people just get so out of control about it. And I I kind of see... the way I sit on it is my I'm, my photography is never going to be amazing and I cannot be asked to learn Photoshop. Mm-hmm. I'm 34. I got like I've got Gilmore Girls There's to watch. Other, yeah, exactly. Like, There's other I, things to do. I I I, I kind of um, use filters and stuff yeah. on photos just to brighten them and stuff, but I don't do any major playing around. And I think that my you know some of my pictures are styled and I try to work mm-hmm. really hard on my photography now. But my authenticity will always come from the words that I write yeah. as opposed to the pictures that I take. And for me personally, that's quite important. But I also do wonder whether that's a generational thing as well because I see 
a lot of the newer generation of bloggers coming through not really thinking this is such a generalization i'll probably get hate for it (laughs) via your podcast (laughs) but caring more about how it looks yeah and the photography as opposed to the words yeah yeah and i don't know if that's that's quite broad generalization but i think it's because you know when we were starting out in 2008 cameras like that weren't as accessible yeah. like they were really expensive yeah you couldn't get lightroom for 8.99 a month no, you had to God, pay yeah. 500 quid for a photoshop yeah. license and i think because all that stuff's become more accessible it's become more about how things look than how things read yeah yeah i would agree i think it's yeah it's easier to take to post a nice looking picture than a captivating set of words i guess because yeah i don't know i'm trying to be a bit careful because i'm not a very good photographer either i say that as if we're both shit photographers you take beautiful pictures we're great (laughs) but but then we're we're not not, yeah but that's so interesting you should say that because actually we're not bad no we're not both of us pretty good but in this current but in the current climate we're shit (laughs) and that's so interesting to me like when did everyone become david bailey yeah like that i can't get wrap my head around that that's a really good point actually and and it and that's the thing i find about authenticity yeah and maybe everyone just has mad photography skills now yeah i find that difficult to be <laughs> i think there's a combination isn't there there are some people on instagram who stick out as just incredible hannah argyle or yeah um i can't think of anything anyone else but there's absolutely loads yeah, <laughs> i've just drawn a blank um but there's loads of people who are super creative and incredible yeah. photographers um, but then there are lots and lots and lots more that are average or above average and just have incredible editing techers because yeah. it's really, but like you say, it's really accessible. So accessible now. But um, it's not, learn. you're right, it's not the same with blogs because if you see a badly written blog, it doesn't matter if you, it's the most premium theme, the photos are amazing. Um, if someone just can't write for shit, they can't write for shit and yeah. there's you can't polish a turd yeah that that's of. that's kind of it and i and i do i you know the the internet is full mm. and, and it is full of shit content yeah for um sure. and and i think sometimes i wonder whether it's hard to stand out with good writing in the climate that we're in i don't think so okay i don't think it is i think um Sophie Cliff is a really good example of this. Sophie Cliff's writing She's brings me to tears on a daily a good basis. Writer. And she doesn't she doesn't promote her stuff beyond probably automatically yeah. pushing it to Facebook and Twitter. She just doesn't care about it. She doesn't put pinnable images in her post. Yeah. And by her own admission, she's like, oh, I just put a half-decent image. She's a good photographer. Yeah. But she doesn't... Uh, she yeah. doesn't... And also, like, she blogs like every day yes yeah like wow like i'm in awe of that yeah I know. um and her process is is really interesting yeah as to how she kind of comes to it and that's because she has a love for writing yeah. and she's just got that she's got stories in her head mm-hmm. that she wants to tell and i think that's really powerful yeah definitely um and i like to read more of that yeah me too more people do that please yes everyone please do that so two last questions for you on mm-hmm. your own podcast two things um so and the first is i guess what's what's the best piece of advice that you've got for people? Like maybe it's about those wanting to make the transition from blogger to writer. Um, or if it's about kind of growing your blog, cause I know that you've got a great series on your blog, um, around, uh, kind of blogging uh, yeah. tips like SEO yeah. and your SEO stuff was 
phenomenal thank oh, you thanks. Uh, we'll link that in the show notes as well <laughs> yes we will we'll link that and also you do blog mentoring or yes. you, do you still do blog mentoring at the moment I've kind of taken a bit of a break but for the moment but in a few months time mm. when Anais is not permanently clamped yeah to nipple oh my god yeah um, one, one day soon Lucy may well be taking on blog mentoring clients yes. and Lucy's very good Thanks. So you should take her up on that. But maybe it's about growing your blog or maybe it's about making that transition because I know you get a lot of questions yeah. about becoming a journalist or yes. a freelance journalist. What's the best piece of advice that you could share? I think if you... So if you... Actually, with any of it, just literally do it. Just take that first step. Just do it. It's not as scary as you think. And the probably the biggest game changer for me in terms of becoming a journalist was... Um, appreciating my own worth in my writing and realizing actually people will pay for this. Um, God, these are that's not a good tip. I think that is a good tip though because you know it's what? Not very practical. But it's but it is practical because I think that um, sometimes we can be so stuck. Everything we've just been talking about about authenticity mm. and this really slick sort of perfect blogging world if someone's starting out now yeah the lev- the barrier for entry the bar for entry is set so high that yeah. it could stop you from telling your story but i think most people have got really exciting interesting stories to tell yeah and just doing it just starting oh is a God, really yes. good tip yeah just okay. putting yourself out there whether that's you're already blogging and you want to pitch yeah like i so i know that um so i do monica's blogging course mm-hmm. uh, that she talked about in, um in episode three yeah we talk about it in every episode uh, yeah. guys monica's blogging she course basically is, sponsors this podcast yeah but she doesn't she but doesn't, she doesn't actually yeah. sponsor it <laughs> uh but monica's blogging course is great yeah actually um and she talks quite a lot about just send the pitch yes just, just do send it. the pitch yeah. and i haven't and i keep procrastinating about but i haven't got a design yeah we need to talk about this and i haven't got this and i'm like you know, and actually, I've had someone approach me, a PR approach me to go and do something um, before I've pitched, and that's really given me quite a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. But you don't need to wait for that to happen. Yeah, agreed. And I think it's the same with you about, you know, if you want to do this, you need to do it. And the first thing you need to do is put words down on a page. I think there's so many people, and I hear this a lot. Um, I talked about it in another podcast episode with Fiona from Whimsy and Grey, that we both hear people saying, oh I'm really excited to launch my blog I've just I've got like 10 posts written already like why what's the point yeah. there's no no one is going to read I mean, your blog on the I first did. day so <laughs> that's literally what I did oh God, and yeah, I'm and did. I'm an old why? blogger yeah, so when I started my new post when I started my new blog I like started putting posts up there in December but I launched it on the 1st of January like I was some queen that everyone was going to read my blog no but that was a bit different because you a bit already different had, an I already had an audience yeah. but even so it's just like you're so right no one's going to go oh I'm going to go to this because no one knows you exist yeah and I think it's good having a bank of ideas yeah definitely. so in Monica's course she's like write down 100 blog post ideas yeah. blog post titles and that's like Super helpful so you don't run out of steam when you first start. But yeah, just literally publish something. Just do something. it. Just start writing. And start writing like no one's reading. Yeah. I think it's more important than writing for a niche or setting out or knowing your brand or anything like that. All of that stuff will come afterwards. But if, yeah. you, if you don't nail down your writing, then nothing else is going to happen. No, because I think ultimately, like if you want to do this for a living... Mm. Unless you're one of these mad photographer skill people. That's true, Or you look absolutely insane banging in a MAC lipstick. Or in a bikini. Yeah, or or in a bikini. Your writing needs to be 
great. Your writing needs to be amazing. It needs to be absolutely brilliant. So honing your craft yeah, writing is so. important. Yeah. So agreed. We probably should have started with this one, but I don't know. I think it's a nice way to finish your own starring podcast on your own podcast. <laughs> why? Why did you decide to start this podcast? I love podcasts. I love, love, love <laughs> listening to podcasts. Top tip, FYI, just to interrupt Lucy on our own podcast. I also love podcasts, and Lucy recommended me a podcast today. Yes. And I'm going to go off-grid for about nine months, (laughs) because it's called Gilmore Guys. Um, If you're a Gilmore Girls fan, it's two guys discussing every episode of Gilmore Girls, and I think I'm now in love. It's amazing. That's it, I'm done now. So listen to this and all of the episodes yeah. you haven't listened to on what she said, and then listen to Gilmore Guys. Yes, <laughs> and they're still going. They're doing, um, so Amy Sherman Palladino did a series called Bunheads after Gilmore Guys that's only available, I think it's on like Hulu. or it, Oh, wow. But it got cancelled after two series, I think, with Emily. Oh. It's apparently really good, so they carried on, and they're, they're doing Bunheads, but I think they finished that now as well. Oh my god! It's pretty devastating. I haven't listened to any of those. Because so I don't know how in to a year's bunheads. time, this is how I'm going to feel. Okay. I'm sorry. I just had to let you know. But on the plus side, we've got what she said. So yes. Fine. You're obsessed with podcasts. Continue. Yes, I'm obsessed with podcasts. <laughs> Continue on your own them. podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I just really like them as a way of consuming content. Um, and I've never really been... And I, I kind of was, felt a bit like I wanted to do something different creatively. I wanted a new challenge. I'm never going to vlog. I am never going to vlog. the same way. Every time people say... Um, every conference I go to or anything that I read about, you know, what is new in 2017 for blogging, video. say video, 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 that's awesome. Like, I agree with that. That's absolutely the way things are going. But I couldn't, I hate creating video. I hate editing it. I don't like vlogging. As much as I'm, I talk to camera a lot in Instagram stories. Yeah. I it's different. It's so different. It's different. So I wanted a new challenge and... That's kind of where it came about, but it was so long ago. So I've been thinking about it, it for so like, what, a year? So um, this is how we met. Yes, it's how we met, Because we aggressively friended each other. Yeah. And then you were like, can I come and watch you podcast? Yeah, and then I was on your podcast. And then you were on the podcast, and then basically it's all snowballed. Yeah, <laughs> and then it got out, basically out it's of It's out of hand now. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I threatened to show you my boobs. We had Nando's. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, we've had Nando's now, so that means we're married. Essentially. In some yeah. countries, we're married now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We've shared Portuguese chicken. Yeah. And Portuguese tarts. Oh my oh God. My we, God. we, that's the honeymoon done yeah. too. I'm just over it now. And why is, and, and you know, you've taken a very deliberate sort of stance. It's the What She Said podcast. Mm-hmm. So full of she's. Yeah. yeah. And women. And, and about women. And what's that? Like, what's that about? Well, you know what? Women create humans we create life <laughs> i'm this i'm really i really wondered where you moment. were going i thought you were going to say women create awesome content no humans we do bottom we, line. the human race would be extinct if it wasn't for for the female form yes let's just put it out there and just say that whether you can actually give birth to a baby whether you adopt a baby like everything comes from yes the woman it does we, and it blows my mind that in 2017, we still have this massive pay gap. Um, yeah. I've kind of got off on a tangent there, but all of that is to say I'm a feminist. Yeah. And um, I don't really know why I have to state I'm a feminist because, I mean, aren't, isn't everyone in this day and age? Oh, if only. Exactly. 
Yeah, so I just, I'm interested in what women have to say. Yeah. And I think Basically. as well, like, blogging, the online world is, is one world where women are kicking ass right now. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, they're kicking ass all over the place. We, yeah. We are ass-kicking people. But, where we're getting recognised But actually, <laughs> online, like, to the point where there was a blogging award where, a, like, a group of guy bloggers were like, why isn't there... There should be a guy blogger category. And I was like, oh, now, oh, now, oh, now, there's a guy... Oh, oh, please, please. I did not get involved on Twitter because, you know, like, yeah. shit would have gone down. Twitter's not a good place for that, I find. I just... It would have been too... It would have been too much. Um, but, you know, it's... I think the online space and the... the I think... I think on the internet has created a framework and a place where women can create the lives that they want to yeah. and they need to, particularly juggling motherhood yeah. and, and all of that kind of stuff. So I think that's Because really we basically have to, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, it's out of necessity, mm-hmm. I think, definitely. It's something I've been thinking about quite a lot. But also, um, I think it's a really lovely kind of space to play in. Somet- sometimes it's annoying, but... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, sometimes. I f- yeah, I think on the whole... Um, actually, I'm not going to say that last bit. Ignore me. I've got nothing interesting to say there. I bored myself as I, as the thought was. I was quite bored. I was quite bored just looking at you. <laughs> it wasn't really. We we'll use these for the outtakes. Yeah. So, Lucy, this has been a total privilege to kind of chat to you on your own podcast and hear about your kind of method and your story and learn some exciting things about you. Uh, and share kind of your wisdom with your own listeners. Thanks. So hopefully everyone will tune in next week when Lucy will be back in the hot seat interviewing the next wonderful woman for What She Said. Thanks for listening to What She Said. And if you like this episode or any of the other episodes, please think about giving me a lovely rating on iTunes. I really appreciate it. If you want to connect with me, head over to my blog, wanderloose.com, or hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest, where I'm at wanderloose blog.